0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk.
1: Welcome to the Rusk Report on the Fed 1520. Back by popular demand, we have Ralph M. Moore with us. He's an election commissioner for the county of Erie. He's been in that position since 2003. He's a former executive chairman of the New York State Election Commissioners Association, former chairman of that association's Republican member caucus, and participated in a number of educational programs conducted by that organization. Former Congressman Tom Reynolds has often said before public gatherings that Ralph Moore is the finest elections commissioner in the state of New York. So welcome to the Rusk Report once again. Let's talk about the second primary election to be held on August 23rd. What is that all about, Commissioner Ralph Moore?
2: Well, the second primary that New York's going to have is going to be limited to the federal congressional races plus the New York State Senate races. Uh, Back in uh, March of this year, uh, there was a court case that uh, went all the way up to the state's highest court, uh, which determined that the congressional lines and the New York State Senate lines that the legislature drew were unconstitutional and then required uh, a new primary election for those offices. Uh, There was the possibility at that time for the state legislature to take the June primary and move it to August to coincide with uh, this upcoming primary. However, the decision was as much political as it was practical that uh, primary election for all the local offices, the governor's race, the state assembly, uh, we're, we're already in progress, so the uh, state legislature let that one continue through, and now we're having the tail end uh, of the offices, which are the congressional and the state senate.
1: Well, let's talk a little bit about that idea. It, I don't know. As a fiscal conservative, it sort of made sense to me to have the primaries combined. Um, I'm thinking of the millions of dollars spent throughout the state to have two primaries with elections inspectors, uh, your machines, uh, all your record-keeping to do it twice. I mean, isn't this a waste of money?
2: Well, it's going to cost a significant amount of money for the counties. Uh, It costs us about $100,000 to put on a consolidated election, and that's what this is going to be because there aren't that many offices we're able to take uh, polling locations that uh, would be normally open and in a particular polling location. We may have as many as, ele- as eight election districts. Uh, we're going to be able to combine those election districts and only have one set of inspectors instead of eight sets of inspectors, so that saves us some money. Uh, you know, But it, there's still the cost of programming the machines, the office staff, the printing of the ballots, the hiring of the election inspectors, the running of the polling places, uh, which is a significant cost. Uh, what had occurred is, of course, he had the governor's race this year, and the political considerations were that um, the governor herself uh, was very much ahead of the polls. She didn't want to see a delay, which would uh, allow her opponents time to more time to campaign and catch up to her. So she was certainly interested in keeping the primary in June, on track, as well as a lot of the local races were already underway. Uh, there were committee races for the county uh, office positions, and there were also local races for councilmen and town judges and uh, offices such as that. that are already campaigning. So the state legislature made its determination, and uh, regardless of the money that it's going to cost they decided
1: to hold two separate primaries. Well, it seems uh, a little repetitive, but uh, anyway, that's the law. (laughs) Let's talk about details about early voting in Erie County uh, and other counties. What is the early voting all about, the dates, the times, the places? What's that all about, Ralph Moore?
2: Well, 10 days prior to the uh, election day, early voting Starts it's on a Saturday, and it goes each and every day uh, up until the day, uh, two days prior to the election. So the Sunday prior to the election. So it's going to be from uh, August 13th uh, through August 21st. Uh, There are set hours uh, by which the legislature requires the poll to be open. In Erie County, we've always, since early voting has been initiated in New York, in Erie County, uh, we've always been either number one or two of turnout, which includes the city of New York and uh, the, the southern uh, counties in the, the state. Um, that is a, in part probably because we have the most polling locations open for early voting. We have a early voting site in each and every uh, town, and nine within the city of Buffalo. Uh, last year, the uh, Theater Roosevelt site was uh, celebrating its anniversary, uh, the inaugural site, and we added that as a special um, early voting site for that year, and uh, it went so well that they asked to continue on. So we uh, went from 37 sites to 38 sites, which we uh, now have open. Uh, that is uh, used electronic poll books so you don't have to reside within the town where you're early vote. Uh, It can be if you're coming home from work or you're going shopping and you pass an early voting site and say, geez, I'd like to go and vote. uh, You're able to stop in and uh, check in no matter where you live within Erie County and that polling site will be able to produce your home ballot and give it to you to be able to vote.
1: Well, let's talk a little bit more about this. You know, it's wonderful, you know, that people have all these opportunities, how inclusive we are. But what was wrong with the traditional way of voting from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m.? And if you're sick or you're out of town or something, you get an absentee ballot. Why do we have to make it so easy when for 100 years it worked just fine, 6 a.m. to 9 p.m.? And if you're disabled or in the hospital or a nursing home, you get an absentee ballot. Why do we have to cater so much? Why?
2: Well, it, it, one, it's the law. The, the state legislature determined that they're going to have early voting. Uh, they determined that it's going to be 10 days. Uh, certainly when they came out with the idea of early voting, uh, there were a lot of election commissioners that said, look, we we make all these provisions. Uh, for um, for voting, uh, which makes it easy enough. And if somebody wants to vote, it's rather difficult not to vote. Uh, You know, we we give so many opportunities through the use of the absentee ballot and the ability uh, to show up at the poll sites. Uh, Erie County was the first county in the state of New York to go and uh, fax ballots to military personnel overseas. Uh, We were the first uh, county to email ballots to um, diplomats and uh, other individuals who weren't able to have access to regular mail. Uh, And we had a very good voter turnout. Um, As voter turnout uh, started to wane in the state, and I think it was more uh, a a practice of apathy as opposed to uh, not being able to vote, Uh, This legislature started to search for ways to make it more inclusive and to allow more opportunities to register and more opportunities to vote. Uh, With the early voting, I think, uh, now that we've had several years of early voting, we're seeing that it really doesn't increase a lot in the voter turnout. It just makes the uh, ability to vote at a different time more available and the people that would normally come out to vote on election day are taking the advantage of the opportunities to go and, um, you know, vote at different places at different times. Uh, once the state legislature mandated it, uh, the Erie County uh, board of elections decided, well, you know, we're going to, uh, set an example and we're going to make it as convenient as possible within our ability to do so. And, uh, when the, uh, By having the number of uh, early voting sites that we do, the ability to go to any particular place, uh, the hours that we had available, uh, when the state legislature over the intervening years continued to try to increase uh, the availability of early voting, we didn't really have to change our procedure because we were already uh, providing those abilities and, and that opportunity for people to come and vote.
1: We're learning a great deal from the man who Congressman Tom Reynolds calls the best elections commissioner in the state of New York, Ralph M. Moore, backed by popular demand on the BET 1520 with the Rusk Report, blanketing 17 states and much of Canada. If you're listening in South Buffalo, Montreal, or Washington, D.C., drop us a note. We'd like to hear from you. Please write to Brian Rusk, the BET 1520, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. We always greet cards and letters from Canadian and European listeners as this station has received letters as far away as Scandinavia and New Zealand. A little plug here. West New Yorkers love their traditions in the AMPO legal newspaper has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampo Legal. The Ampo Legal is available in many Tops and Wegmans stores. For home delivery, call 716-835-9454. That's 716-835-9454 to have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. I thank those who have called regarding our recent guest, Gene Posse, regarding Social Security legislation, adjunct Professor Steve Harvey and Assemblyman Mike Norris. Coming up, we're going to have humanitarian George Miller on this program and joe and sam cardinale with worldwide bonding about surety bonding for construction to learn all about that a little bit more information about erie county elections commissioner ralph moore a practicing attorney ralph moore attended his undergraduate studies at suny at albany and received his jd degree from the suny at buffalo law school during his 42-year legal career He participated in numerous election cases, arguing both before state and federal trial and appellate courts. Our guest today, Erie County Elections Commissioner Ralph M. Moore. Let's talk about absentee voting changes in state law. What has taken place with that? Commissioner Ralph Moore.
2: Well, the state legislature this year attempted to uh, speed up the process by which Uh, absentee votes are recorded. Uh, The normal process is that absentee voting uh, would occur. The ballots would come in. We would make sure uh, that people who sent in absentee ballots did not also go to the polls on Election Day. And we also allowed an opportunity up to 13 days in a general election for military and overseas ballots to arrive at uh, the Board of Elections. Uh, while there was the ability to count votes on election night and also any time in between, the Erie County Board of Elections always maintained that we would preserve the secrecy of the ballots best by waiting until all the ballots were returned. So we would have an unofficial tally on election night, uh, and then we would count the absentee ballots 13 days later when the uh, ballots time period for which to return ballots was over, Uh, we felt that that was the best. Uh, The state legislature didn't like that. They didn't like the opportunity that people had to challenge absentee ballots. So they implemented a new procedure where we have to pre-count absentee ballots both before the election that have arrived in uh, ballots that come in on Election Day And then once election day has occurred, as we receive absentee ballots, uh, we have to periodically count them as well. Uh, There's a number of problems with that. And I think that at some point, uh, either one of the uh, counties or one of the voters are going to challenge this procedure that was set up by the state legislature, because there are really gaping holes in the ability to go and determine how somebody who voted absentee is able to vote. And secondly, the fact that it does leave the possibility for somebody to go and nefariously go and cast more than one ballot. Um, We've tried in Erie County to put safeguards in place to preserve this. We've tried uh, to keep the secrecy of the ballots uh, in check. However, when you're opening ballots before election day, uh, when you're counting them on election night, and when you have a few ballots that come in per day after the election, it's a lot easier to determine how somebody votes. Uh, So I think that's a very terrible change that the state legislature put in place. I don't think it was well thought out at all. Uh, I think it was a reaction to uh perhaps downstate uh, legislators not knowing uh who the winner was on election night and being anxious but you know we've had over the years we've always been in the process uh outside of a very few years where we counted ballots on election night to wait the full period of time before we counted absentee ballots and the candidates uh we're confident in Erie County and the news media knew uh, that the the results that were set out on election night were unofficial and weren't going to be official until the absentee ballots were returned. Uh, the one change that the state legislature did this year in an attempt to try to provide some security so people couldn't vote twice is that if the... Board of Elections issues an absentee ballot to the person. That person is not able to go to the polls and vote on the voting machine on Election Day. Uh, That has never been the case in New York State prior. If you applied for an absentee ballot because in good faith you believed uh, your boss was going to send you out of town and you were going to be working out of state uh, that day and not available, you could apply for an absentee ballot. You could even vote that ballot and send it back to the Board of Elections. Uh, But then if your plans changed and you wanted to change your mind and go to the polls and vote in person, you could do that, and we would just pull your absentee ballot. Uh, Here, you're not even allowed to go and vote on the voting machines if we've issued you a ballot. It doesn't even mean that you received the ballot. The post office could have lost your ballot. And you're now deprived of your right to go to the polls on election day. So there are many, many changes that were done with absentees this year. Uh, I think they're all bad changes uh, to the law. And we're trying to do the best that we can to inform individuals uh, of these changes to make sure that if you apply for an absentee ballot, you're really sure that you want uh, to apply for an absentee ballot both that way and uh give up your right basically to show up to, at the
1: poll to vote. We're learning a great deal from expert on elections and all the changes in the election laws. Erie County Elections Commissioner Ralph M. Moore, if you're listening in Lancaster or Toronto or Manhattan, drop us a note. Please write to Brian Rusk, the BET 1520, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. We always greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners. A little bit more information about Commissioner Ralph Moore. Prior to his current appointment, he served as an assistant county attorney, headed Erie County's pretrial services program, and Ralph Moore served six terms as his district's representative in the Erie County legislature. Again, Congressman Reynolds says that Ralph Moore is the best elections commissioner in the state of New York. Let's uh, talk a little bit about why there are so many people who are now registered unaffiliated as blanks, and this prohibits them from participating in the Republican or Democratic uh, primary. Why have we seen this trend? Are voters upset?
2: Um, I think to some degree people want to have an open mind and they don't want to be affiliated with the party. There's some disenchantment between the platforms that the parties uh, have put forth over the past uh, years. And it's been an evolutionary type thing where people would, in the past, uh, identify with a party, identify with the platform uh, that that party set forth, and even vote straight party line. It's very rare now that you see people continue to vote uh, straight party or, um, you know, exude the party principles through all of their beliefs. Uh, We have a lot more individuals that are registered blanks uh, or choose to be unaffiliated. And uh, there was a federal court case where... um, People who who wanted to affiliate with other parties that weren't recognized by New York State uh, were allowed to. So the Erie County Board of Elections, as other county uh, boards throughout the state of New York, maintain lists of many, many uh, parties that people wish to affiliate with. Uh, You still have individuals affiliated with the Right to Life Party, the Green Party, the Libertarian Party. Um, You can even have the Brian Russ party. That's uh, fine. We'll go along with that one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, and and the Board of Elections has to maintain that. So not only now do we have four recognized major parties in the state, uh, which are the Democrat, Republican, conservative, and working families party. And you have people who are unaffiliated, which we call blanks. Uh, Other counties may call them unaffiliated or no parties. Uh, but you have now another category of others, which are all of these other uh, parties and uh, that that the voters want to associate with in their philosophical beliefs. Um, so that number is, is growing year to year. Uh, the state legislature in, in New York to prevent party raiding of primaries. So if you had a primary election coming up, Uh, You couldn't have a bunch of Democrats walking into a Republican primary and voting for the weakest Republican, figuring they'll be able to beat them then in the general election. New York State always had a period in which your party change of affiliation would not take effect until a week after the general election. That was changed by the state legislature to allow for party affiliations to be immediate except for the period from February 14th to July 1st, because the primaries of Erie County and New York State occurred in, usually in June except by law uh, to be in June. Uh, that is currently being evaluated with respect to the second primary uh, in August. It wasn't anticipated that they were going to have the ability to change party affiliations And uh, the state board is scrambling with regard to how to prevent party rating and also how to technically make some of the machines work uh, for this August primary. So it causes a particular uh, problem for this primary alone, uh, but the process, the concept of having a closed primary is still very much alive. Uh, in New York State and, uh, in attempts to prevent party ratings. So if you're coming up to a primary election, you have them up until February 14th to make your change of affiliation. If you change from Democrat to Republican, Republican to conservative, re- conservative to working families, you can make all of those changes and they'll become effective immediately except for that period from February 14th to July 1. Uh, and then whatever, uh affiliation you are on february 14th that's the affiliation that you're going to vote for in the party primary
1: all right let's talk about the reporting of election results we used to have those manual machines they always seem to work well for decades and now we have the electronic machines uh does this allow better reporting and quicker reporting of results on election night
2: it does um we had two types of old leather machines. And uh, they used to have uh, machines which had a pack in the back. Uh, all of them had mechanical counters. And uh, the ones in the city of Buffalo and some of the suburban towns had various packs which were like uh, carbon paper. Mm-hmm. And the inspector at the end of the night would crank over There's a roller, and it would make an impression onto the pack as to the votes. And they would pull that sheet of paper off and be able to read off uh, the numbers. Uh, Other machines which didn't have that, uh, the inspectors would have to open up the back of the machines, and they would read the counters and see what the total vote was. Uh, They would then pick up the phone and call the Board of Elections. And uh, there were often mistakes. that And then the Board of Elections personnel at the other end of the phone would write them down on a sheet of paper, would hand them over to somebody who would be tallying the votes, and then they would tally it up. So either the inspector misread the number, called it in wrong, the person heard it wrong, mm-hmm. the person transcribed it wrong, or the person tallied it wrong. There were a number of areas in which you had the ability to make a mistake. And we've had, uh, instances where votes were recorded on election night and then when we went back and looked at the machine, we saw that they were off by 100 or they were off by 10 or uh, they read 5 and it should have been 6. Um, so the, you had much more of a chance for people to go and um, be declared losers on election night but then end up winning uh, when the final uh, results were posted. So um, With the electronic voting machine there's a number of safeguards that are put in place but there's basically a USB chip that the inspectors pull. Uh, Every ballot that is placed through that machine is taken uh, there's an image taken of that ballot and that ballot is tallied and it is all contained on that USB chip. There is also another USB chip which is inside the machine which does not get pulled um, which is basically a backup and a double check onto to uh, the one that is removed by the inspectors the inspectors then bring it over to a central point uh, close to their town uh, or close to their polling place we have a board of elections uh, employees standing there with a tablet he takes the chip, puts it in, and so the numbers are electronically transmitted to the Board of Elections and comes up on the tally, which is refreshed every 60 seconds, 30 to 60 seconds. So the results are given much faster. They're much more accurate, and uh, we're able to declare unofficial winners uh, much quicker than we had Okay, I'm
1: sorry we have to bring the Rusk Report to a close. We learned from a very uh, gifted elections commissioner in the state of New York, Ralph Moore, elections commissioner from Erie County. Thank you to Kevin Carr, director of production, for the past 15 years, and thank you for enlightening us once again on the Rusk Report, Commissioner Ralph Moore. Have a great week.
0: You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears?